Hello, stand by. Standing by. Hello. Stand by. Standing by. Hi there. Hey, how are you doing, Suzanne? What are we standing by for? That is something that Scott will have to tell us. I don't know. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. um, you had time to find three uh, 70s hunks? Yeah. I found them a long time ago. Oh. <laughs> All right. Like back in, like back in the 70s? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I know you did, too. All right. So then uh, you want to get started? Sure. Let's do it. Okay. You are listening to a Banzai Retro Club podcast. Language and topics may not always be appropriate for younger listeners. Press 1 for a groovy topic from the 1970s. Press 2 for an awesome topic from the 1980s. Or press 3 for a slamming topic from the 1990s. Please choose now. Too late. We have made your selection for you. Let's start the show. This is Bonsai Retro Club. I am Dave. Online, we've got Suzanne. Hi there. And Scott. Hey, everybody. So, listener, what we have for you today is we're taking a journey back to one of our favorite decades, being the 1970s. And uh, the group of us have decided that what we want to do is talk about 1970 babes and 1970s hunks. Uh, so my approach to this is, you know, and, and this essentially is our top three list. So um, I, I have a feeling that one of us might cross over uh, between Scott and I on our list. We're going to wait and see how that works out. Um, but, you know, my approach on this was in the past, you know, we've had episodes where we talked about crushes before. So I'm trying to stay away from... The, the people that I've mentioned in the past, you know, of who I had, like the, uh, you know, your, your, your teen beat crush kind of thing going on. But the other two can go that way if they want to. But I'm trying to go a little bit more, you know, just your, for lack of a better way of putting it, sex symbol, you know, uh, type okay. of, you know, for that decade. You know, when you think that decade, you think... You know, this was you know this was uh, you know a person that had like a, a force to be reckoned with. You knew her name, and she just embodied you know the you know the the 1970s babe kind of persona. Um, mm. So that's my approach to this, Scott. What was your take on it? Uh, no, I I I see your point of view. Um, I think I was just looking at uh, women. And most of them are a little bit older, you know, than what we were in the 70s, for sure. But women that were uh, just attractive to us. Yeah. I think, you know, that's it's pretty, you know, it doesn't necessarily be a crush, but they were just like these, you know, like you said, kind of a sex icon. Right. Um, that, that had an impact on us back in the day. 
Yeah, and you know, I've already talked about my you know my '70s crush with Olivia Newton-John, my '70s crush with Christy McNichol. So everybody's heard those stories. So that's why I'm expanding out. Um, Suzanne, what's your uh, approach to this? Well, I, I, I've tried to expand a bit. I feel, and and I'm gonna try and stay away from the pure teen beat, you know, teeny bopper type of uh, um, personas. But I, I feel like I really can't completely betray my really biggest 70s crush. Sure. So we'll have to talk about him a little bit. Okay. And then expand. Sure. Okay. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Um, so, yeah, what each of us is doing is, we're, you know, we, we picked our uh, top three that we want to talk about. I'm sure that we'll have some honorable mentions that go uh, along the way. Um, and uh, Suzanne, since you're representing... Uh, you know the 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 hunk side of the table here. Why don't you go ahead and give us your first hunk for the seventies? Uh, oh, you don't want to like go girl boy girl boy and that's what, <laughs> well, I, that's yeah, what okay. I what I was thinking too. All right, well then we can boy do girl that. boy girl boy. <laughs> we can do that. Boy girl boy. Um, Say that ten times fast. Boy girl blah blah blah. Well then, Scott, did you mind if I uh, take the first uh, stab at this? Go, go for it, man. This is the this is the one that I and I wanted to say it first because I have I, I think that Scott and I had we were chatting together and this is the name that came up because she had the infamous poster that I think every you know young boy uh, had and this is you know the or lovely, wanted or wanted the lovely Farrah Fawcett <laughs> yes. Um, <sighs> Yeah, and I mean, when you think '70s hot babe, you know that, and just the the look, you know that uh, she had when she was wearing that swimsuit, and I think it was a very, you know, it had like a blanket background, which was like a very, you know, uh, cheap set, you know, on, on a on a dime, if you will. You know, and you know, it just became a the most popular poster for the 1970s. But Farrah Fawcett was the it girl, you know, for just you know, I mean, from Charlie's Angels to just you know, being everywhere. You know, you you couldn't go anywhere without you know Farrah Fawcett being brought up or showing up on a magazine cover. You know, she was it, and, and to me, that was. You know, my 1970s, you know, as the song goes, Farrah Fawcett hair, you know, you, you had, you know, she had the iconic hair. She had just the iconic look. Uh, she was it. Uh, so I have to mention her first. Um, so, Scott, I know that you felt kind of the same way with, based on your chats. Yeah, you know, I think she is probably the, um, like, number one, like I said to you earlier uh, on the when we were talking back and forth, that she's probably number one on many lists yeah. that that are in this similar category, and I mean it, it, it's deserved. Look, I mean she look at three. Uh, I'm sorry, Three's Company. That's Suzanne Summers and <laughs> Janet. And uh, look at uh, Charlie's Angels. Okay, yeah. the first face that you see in your head when somebody mentions Charlie's Angels, Farrah Fawcett is oh, the yeah. one. Um, uh, but, yeah, but the other the I other know, angels I, were I, all... I, I think Suzanne feels differently, though. 
Okay. Well, only because I'm more relating to the angels as opposed to lusting after them. So I kind of related to Kelly. But believe me, it was obvious that Kelly was Kelly was Kate Jackson. No, no, Kelly was Jacqueline Smith. Smith. Jacqueline Smith, right? And so I love Kelly. I wanted to be Kelly. But there, it was not lost on me that Farrah Fawcett was just the girl of the 70s. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and honestly, if we're going to start off a, show, a program like this, she better be the first one everybody mentions. <laughs> I don't know that there was that really any equivalent with men, even, as far as that type of popularity, where everybody for the whole decade did their hair like that for the rest yeah. of like the next five years at least that it was an amazing it, it, she was just she, maybe marilyn monroe or madonna compared to farrah fawcett that's about it yeah the cultural the cultural impact, impact that she had was impact, um, yeah exactly incredible really i mean and you look at, you her, look look around. at those freaking teeth the hair like she didn't need uh, anything in this poster other than just her, you know? Yeah. She's in like a skimpy little stupid bathing suit, not even like a spangle on it anywhere. And yeah, just like a, a blanket in the background or something. Yeah, it's not even a bikini, you know? It, it's, I know. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it was like, oh, God, I love her. I, I had the poster. I, I So, yeah. Yeah, I did not have the poster. I wish I had the poster, but um, it, was, it was not not in my room uh it's and it is probably the it's it made her that poster actually made her more money than what she made during charlie's angels would not be surprised at all yeah right. I, I can't remember she, where was, she wasn't even on that long she wasn't on the show very long uh i think it was two seasons yeah but think about that Maybe. two years yeah. of your life you actually yeah, worked really. on that yeah. series yeah. that made you famous that's it yeah Really? No, that's that's a good point. I never thought about it that way. Um, how how many seasons she, was she, Charlie's Angels on? Was it like seven or eight? I want to I want to say between five and seven. I, I don't okay. think it ran that long. Um, I mean, they had the cast was awesome all the time, but anyway. Uh, it's it's uh, yeah. I'm seeing Farrah five. is five. Is it five? Okay. I know that she was definitely on the top of the list for pretty much everybody uh, as the she was the six the sex symbol of the 70s. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And then she you know she did some really good stuff afterwards too into the 80s. She was uh you know she was in that movie The Burning Bed which is just a terribly sad movie but very powerful at the same time. I don't know if you guys are familiar with it. Um, do you know that, the movie? Yeah, oh, I, I think I saw it, but I didn't see it until years after it was, first came out. Yeah, you know, it's about a, an abusive husband, and she ends up killing him by burning the house down. Wow. You know, just, yeah, <laughs> pretty intense. Justified. And then there was another movie that came out in the, I think it was a early to mid-80s, called Extremities. And... Okay. That was a really powerful movie. Uh, she did a really good job acting. It was her and two other women. Uh, that there's this guy that came in and broke into their house and was raping the, one of them, and they trapped him in a wow. fireplace. I mean, it's hardcore. 
is really oh, wow intense. so she did some really risky stuff huh oh yeah yeah after after charlie's angels she did a few more things that were a little more edgy i mean charlie's angels was edgy in one way but it was fun you know it was, it was fun crime stuff and light-hearted comedy of bosley and you know well, you know, if you want to talk about edgy, I mean, she had that very pivotal role in Cannonball Run too. <laughs> Cannonball Run. I missed that one. <laughs> no, I, no, it was the first one. two, or was no, it one? No, it was the first one. Oh, the first one. Okay, okay. When they when they had the ambulance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's right. Okay, yeah, the second the one they were in the uh, um, they were like he was a general or something. Um, okay, never mind. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, my cannonball runs uh, kind of uh, mixed up there, but yeah, I'm yeah. seeing that uh, they had a day at the Smithsonian where they displayed this red bathing suit and mm-hmm. her poster at the Smithsonian. <laughs> yeah, at the Smithsonian. Yeah, at the like Smithsonian. That's the, imp- that's the impact that she had on culture. Yeah, right. Culture. And if you look at the bathing suit, it's like nothing. It's just a little tank suit. <laughs> It's just yeah no it's just it's just a one piece right one piece right yeah right it's not like really provocative or uh, no it's very plain over, yeah it's it's very simple but you know there are the uh, the temperature gauges <laughs> <laughs> okay I, I know what you're saying yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they were very obvious in that yeah, yeah. in that poster, and I, 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 I'm I'm guessing it had to do with boobage, yes. Yeah. But I'm guessing that it had to have a lot of impact uh, on the popularity of that poster. Uh, Absolutely. Uh, just yeah. a guess. Just guessing. <laughs> that's not just <laughs> a yes. That's a hell yes. Differently these days. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, the the other iconic piece though is um, Scott. You know, he was looking through a uh, a nineteen seventies, I guess, magazine or book or whatever, and people, you know, people he magazine. sent a, uh, a a picture in our chat, and it had uh, Farah in you know on a skateboard, you know, wearing jeans and whatnot, and it was the same exact image that I had from a puzzle that I had done, like like last year. And that's what made me think of this topic, you know, because mm-hmm. I remembered the, you know, the image of her on the skateboard. Yeah, I remember the shot with the skateboard. It was one of the, the bubblegum cards. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, from Charlie's Angels or just? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, she's in jeans and a like a little 70s a type of thing. Yeah, and yeah, bell yeah. bottoms, yep. right. She was kind of the athletic one of the group. Right. All right, so uh, so Suzanne, who's your first pick? Oh, my turn. Okay. Uh, all right, well, as I said, I, I, can't, I can't betray <laughs> one of my biggest 70s crushes, even though that we've talked about him. Before And I think, if anything, um, as I said, there wasn't really a male equivalent of Farrah Fawcett. She was just so big. Uh, But I think John Travolta kind of comes close if we have to go for, you know, a male 70s icon. Um, And I think he veers out of the teen 
uh, you know, the team beat phase. I mean, he did start off in Welcome Back, Cotter, which we know is one of my favorite shows from the 70s. Um, and, you know, he was supposedly a teenager in that show, even though I think he think he was 21 when he was actually doing that. To you know, be very iconic in Saturday Night Fever later in the decade, um, like more around 78, um, uh, really, you know, the New York Italian, you know, get off my case, <laughs> uh, flashy dancer uh, out there in New York City, uh, which was something I, I really related to, um, even though that was, um, that was kind of a raunchy movie at the time, at least for somebody my age, I was like 14. Uh, oh, yeah. Just on the yeah. cusp, right? Okay. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was raunchy. It was very, um, it was very, th there was a lot of overt sex that was going on, and it was not, like, romantic sex. It was, like, kind of oh, getting, getting laid yeah. in the back of the car. Right, right, yeah. exactly. That, that, was, so, that was so romantic. Yeah, it was, it was not a romanticized <laughs> version of, you know, men and women and their relationships in the city. It was kind of rough and tumble. Um, but... Uh, you know, be that as it may, that you know when he did, when he did Greece, that was probably a lot more fun and and bubbly, and he got to sing. He was originally a stage actor, but I'll tell you, you know, looking back at being a you know twelve to sixteen year old or whatever it was, uh, there there wasn't much more that you know that I wanted from a guy than John Travolta. <laughs> he just wow. did it for me, and he was really talented, and probably of any of these, you know. Uh, Actors who started out as as teen heartthrobs, and he really made a, a, a long term career for himself. So you know, kind of have a come had a comeback there in the end. So so good for John. Pulp Fiction put him back on the in the spotlight. That's right. That's right. And that wasn't that's, like that wasn't exactly a, yeah that wasn't a glamorous role or anything, but that, he was fun in that. That was <laughs> it was yeah. a cool movie. Uh, and I think he probably has him and him and uh, um, sure, sure, her name is escaping me. Um, uh, Mia Mia Wallace, uh, Uma Thurman. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. The two of them together, I think, is probably what everybody remembers about that movie. Uh, I think they're the, the most, the two memorable, most memorable characters in that movie, and their their dance scenes together and her OD scene was yeah. probably what that's what people think of when they think of that movie. So. Kind of neat. So, so a yeah, stabbing no, motion? I got a stab. A downward. <laughs> downward, downward, downward stabbing. Downward stabbing motion. Downward stabbing motion. Yeah. I dress like her for Halloween. <laughs> this last Halloween. Did thing. I send? Yeah. Did I send you pictures? You did. Yeah, you did. You did. Actually, yeah. they were really good. Yeah. <laughs> so that was fun with the you know red blood trickling out of my nose and the uh, and the syringe sticking out of my chest. So that was fun. But in any case, yeah, John Travolta, I remember I watched him on on Bandstand, American Bandstand. He had a single out, you remember? I bought the single, I listened to the song. <laughs> I saw it a lot. You know, yeah, a lot I, of daydreams at, at day camp. <laughs> yeah, I, it's like I, I, I think about these, you know, these actors who are now iconic now. And, and John Travolta's iconic now, uh, you know, just because of his... You know, the breadth of everything that he's done throughout the years. And I I look back to their humble beginnings, you know, and the same thing can be said of a Tom Hanks. You know, Tom Hanks, you go back to Booze and Buddies. But John, you know, welcome back, Cotter. 
you know, mm-hmm. and it was like, you know, it, it's just amazing to me to see the transformation of, you know, some, you know, uh, sitcom, you know, that, you know, may have just been a, you know, sure, you know, it's a gig, I'm going to do it, you know, kind of a thing, you know, and then, you know, suddenly, you know, it evolves into this career that catapults them into the, you know, superstardom. Um, you know, and then, you know, who would have thought that that would have gotten him into, you know, Grease and, you know, Saturday Night Fever and, you know, the whole gambit, you know, and, yeah, so it's been an amazing run to see him, you know, what he's, you know, done with his career from based on, you know, those humble beginnings of like, uh, you know, a Welcome Back Cotter. Mhm. Yeah, it's true. It, it was well. It was a it was a really popular show at the time. It was, but I mean, it was definitely goofy, kind of sometimes very physical humor, and um, I, I don't know that. I, I mean, it was just kind of a your basic high school sitcom type of thing. So right, but I mean, you're not gonna you know the uh, the the breadth of what you know he can bring as an actor. You know, you don't get that from a Vinnie Barbarino, and you don't get that mm-hmm. from a um, uh, you know whoever Tom Hanks' character was in Booze and Buddies. You know, mm-hmm. when you saw those back then, there's no way you would have guessed you know that this person can do so much more. Uh, and right, absolutely. You know, and and that's what that that's what always floors me. You know, so you know, I I, I think you know it's a great choice. Obviously, I don't see him as a sex symbol, but, you know, I'm a dude, so, you know, that's me. <laughs> he was. Yeah. <laughs> he was kind of dreamy. Gotcha. But, you know, I, I mean, I, you know, like I said before, I had a thing for Olivia Newton-John. I had, you know, mm-hmm. the, the girl that was, you know, lived across the street that we would write our love letters to, you know, uh, you know, she was writing to John Travolta. I was writing to Olivia Newton-John. Oh, that's so, right. So yeah. yeah. So I I get it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I wasn't in that camp, but I get it. So okay. Can I can I give my favorite John Travolta quote? Yeah. Up your hose with a rubber. Uh, up your nose with a rubber hose. Nope. Okay. Don't touch the hair. <laughs> <laughs> pretty good. You did that pretty good for a guy from Florida. <laughs> well, yeah, I, that, that's one of the that that scene that that dinner scene. Yeah, is one of the most just. It's so. It's it seems from from an outsider's point of view, and no, my wife is Italian, so she has a little bit of stories about that kind of stuff. But it seems so real. Like yeah, it's like the, the interaction, the interaction between the characters, between you know. Uh, John Travolta and his brother and his mom and just the whole thing. The way they put that together, that little scene, it's, it's one of the most entertaining scenes in that whole movie. Yeah, I mean, it, I, it is. And, I, you know, I was an Italian girl from Long Island, like I said, so that didn't seem what, far away was from... It, was that pretty close to, like, the way it really was? like the way? Well, I, you know, I didn't have a family that was, you know, sitting at the... the my family was a little different. Oh, that's if right. You, you said you didn't really sit around the table and have dinner together that much. Well, you know, well, we did, but we weren't quite that. I don't know. We were a lot goofier than that. We weren't as serious as that family. <laughs> 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 yeah. But uh, you know, with 
the father. But it reminded fa- fa- me the, of the like the brother, the father. Yeah, see, like I didn't have a brother who was going to the priesthood and my mother praying yeah. at the table and this kind of stuff. You know, we we didn't do that quite. But that the the accents, the cadence, and you know what I think pulled that together and made it feel authentic and made made it feel something. That whole movie really feels something more than just this low-budget film about these four guys in Brooklyn, is that you had this feeling that here he was, this guy, like, just stuck in this ordinary little house and family and going nowhere, but he wanted to be something better, you know? Mm-hmm. He kind of felt like he had something special. And it's kind of hard to break out and be somebody special, you know, in the midst of these, you know, do-nothing uh, low-life friends that he had, really. Um but uh, you, you see in that in that scene where he's just like, "Hey, the hair, leave the hair," you know, give me, let me have my dignity, kind of. <laughs> let me have well, my things the, to make me special, well, and they keep just down, you know, just just down denigrating him. So don't touch the hair. Yeah, don't touch the hair. But then, like don't he's, the you know, he's doing his hair in his room, and he's like, you know, nobody, this, this is my stuff, this is my my thing that I'm doing. I'm going to the club, and that's where I'm special. Uh, so. You know, it was cool in that respect that he was doing something that the other guys weren't doing, and he kind of knew it, and he wanted to break out of this little, you know, this little world that he was in. So, yeah, good. So that's my take. Yep. Yeah. Okay. All right, Scott, you are up on your first pick. This is a tough call, man. Um. Yeah, so, I mean, how do you follow, you know, Farrah Fawcett and John Travolta? Yeah, really. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> so I'm going to go with a musical artist. <clears throat> she was with Fleetwood Mac, and her name is Stevie Nicks. Oh, and just I just thought she was just so beautiful and mysterious and elegant and in so many ways in the late, it was late seventies, kind of like, you know, trying Travolta was kind of late seventies. Um, but I just really always thought she was one of those, one of those ladies that deserved a lot of attention for her, um, for her physical appearance. She's very beautiful. And I think the mysterious part is what kind of got me and probably a lot of other people too. She had that gyp- the whole gypsy thing, you know, even though they did the song. But she had kind of that gypsy feel where you didn't really know uh, enough about her to, you know, the, know the personal side of her. She just had that, that aura about her. So that's that's my pick for, uh, for my first pick after Farah, of course. Yeah, that's a neat pick. Yeah, I'm actually I'm looking at images of uh, you know her from the '70s, and you're right. The, the, the exactly what I was thinking was there was this gypsy aura about her, um, and then you know I, I guess maybe I had seen like too many images of her just from like Fleetwood Mac cover uh, album covers and things along those lines, and mm-hmm. you know like and and so you know I may have forgotten kind of the imagery, you know what she was like in the uh, the late '70s, like you said. And there's this one image I found of her, and it looks like she's sitting on, like, the hood of, of a race car of some sort, 
And it just it, it reeks 1970s, but she's <laughs> super just, you know, matter of fact, kind of I'm my own woman kind of vibe going on. And I think it's an awesome pick. I, I mean, I'm looking at her and, you know, she's just got that aura about her where it's like, you know, I'm, I'm going to do things my way and, you know, you know, fuck you guys. <laughs> so... Not to mention her voice. It's <laughs> yeah. just I, I just love her voice. Yeah. You know, it was uh, for rock and roll. It was a very sultry voice, in my opinion. Uh, just the way she and, and her vibrato was. There was something yeah. special about her voice. You you hear her voice, you know who it is. It's within seconds, you know who it is. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I think that kind of added to the the babe factor if you want to call it whatever you want to call it oh yeah <laughs> you know uh, there was something about her that was just really screamed out beautiful and I, I know a lot of a lot of a lot of boys at the time really thought she was something special so a lot of my friends Mhm. Yeah. Yeah, I I would agree. And she had now. This is where like I, I'm looking at a couple of images, including like what looks like a high school yearbook picture, which is this very straight laced, almost like Doris Day look that she's got going on. Uh so you can see how she completely evolved into something very individual, very Earth Mother. Like you said, uh, you know, a certain mystique to it and kind of this, this ragtag chic that she's always had where she's got long lace sleeves and, and flowing gown and, and you know, you like, like you just see her like kind of rocking that back and forth with the arms and the, and the fabric flowing and things. And that's just, that is very uniquely Stevie Nicks. Um, and it's, it's beautiful and it's, it's very feminine, but but still edgy and almost there's almost like a, an, an edge of like witchcraft to it, you know, like she's she's got a lot of magic to her. And just looking back on the pictures from when she was very young, it's obviously she made a choice to turn into that person, you know, that it wasn't just like she was born the gypsy woman. <laughs> yeah. So kudos to her for inventing this persona and, and living it, you know. And I've admired it over the years. In fact, when when I got married, uh, you know, I always had this vision in my head of this kind of Stevie Nicks kind of handkerchief tool wedding dress. And I was able to, I wasn't, you know, it was the 90s. They had the big shoulders. It was really hard for me to mm-hmm. find a dress that I that embodied something like that. But yeah. I did find these boots. I got married in white lace ankle boots no way yes (laughs) (laughs) they were the coolest coolest thing and at the time i was like stevie nicks boots i want them (laughs) they were really cool they were like right out of a music video so and i i I always thought that was my that that was my um tribute to stevie nicks was (laughs) my lace my lace ankle boots that i wore at my wedding well, it's really cool that one of us actually has a story that can relate to that that the Stevie Nicks pick. That's awesome that that you have that. <laughs> okay. Oh, it's beautiful. 
So anyway, that was that was my pick. Um, you want to move on to the next one, Dave? All right. Um, so my next pick, uh, and I promise that there may be a common thread between all my picks, but there is a like a definitive thread between my first and second pick. Um, and I, I'm not going to just pick on Charlie's Angels women the whole night. I promise. Uh, <laughs> but I'm going to go Cheryl Ladd for my next pick. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. And, Good one. And, and and when I get to the third pick, then you'll we'll be able to expand on the common thread between all three. Uh, but the, uh, you know, Cheryl Ladd, you know, not so much as, you know, the replacement for Farah on Charlie's Angels, you know, which is, you know, the, uh, the obvious, you know, connection between them. But she did this thing where... She did some modeling stuff also, and that's kind of what you know what, what I'm thinking of when I'm you know envisioning her from the 1970s. I mean, I you know I saw her all over the place, and she's just a very you know beautiful blonde woman, you know that I I guess in my simple mind I probably saw her as more of a uh, you know more relatable than a Farrah Fawcett. Because it's like a Farrah Fawcett was like out of my league, but I thought Cheryl Ladd might have been like closer to my league. <laughs> Whatever, however, <laughs> that makes sense. I don't know. Um, yeah. But Dave, you know, you're delusional, but that's okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> can't I dream? Can't I dream? That was so mean. Absolutely. I, I apologize. No. I, Dreaming was, is okay. That was, yes. <laughs> that was way. That was way out of line. I apologize. Uh, you're, you're you're probably right. But anyway. <laughs> um, well, you are right, because uh, because you know it's not like you know I, the many times I've called her, she ever returned my calls. Um, Cheryl, <laughs> why not? I don't understand. Um, but anyway, um, you know, like I said though, I just you know, I, I I just even though you know she had the portrayal of the what was her character on Charlie's Angels? She's like the younger sister of Farah. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and. You know, but that wasn't it. That was, you know, to me, it was, you know, what I saw her, you know, in, which is, you know, basically the modeling career, you know, or, you know, the imagery of Cheryl Ladd through the 1970s. And whenever I saw a picture of her, I always took notice, uh, you know, in one way or another. Um, so um, that's, you know, that's why I always loved Cheryl Ladd. She's just a beautiful, beautiful woman. Yes. Um, so, just FYI, this was next on my list. Really? Sweet. Wow. Okay. Cheryl Lab was awesome. Yeah. I mean, she's still awesome, but you know what I mean. As a '70s icon girl, Cheryl Lab was awesome. And I, I would agree. I mean, even I—that's kind of how she got that part. I think as like the bubbly, supposedly the bubbly little sister of Farrah Fawcett when they brought her onto the show. I remember the day that they did it. And they made this big deal of, oh, Chris, last time we saw you, we were in pigtails with bubblegum. And, you know, she had more of an, uh, um, that girl next door type of look to her, you know? Like maybe she could be somebody you would, you know, meet, meet on the street and, you know, kid around with and be buddies with and maybe had a chance, you know? Right, right. Um, and, but she was just so, she was just gorgeous, you know, at this, but much more approach, you know, in much more approachable way, I think, than right. what Farrah became. Yeah, she's uh, 
she's very attractive woman. Yep, she's uh, very likable. I mean, likable. Likable. Yeah. <laughs> you just can't help yourself, can you? Yeah, I'm sorry. That joke never gets old with me. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, she carried her weight on the show for a while. It was still like after a while, they would re- they were replacing the angels, and they just kind of were there. You know, Shelly Hack maybe you know made an okay angel, but I think the the show still had the same vibe when Cheryl Ladd took over. You know, it 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 went forward, and you still felt like there was that balance between the three girls, and and they made a good team, and you know they weren't it wasn't kind of tipping where here now these two are strong, and this next one is okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that takes a lot with a big show like that, and replacing a huge monumental popular talent like like oh, Barry yeah. Fawcett. That takes that, a lot. I mean, that show was that show was gigantic. Absolutely. At the time, like 77, 78, just 80, 79 maybe, somewhere in there, late late 70s. It was just, it was the, it was the shit, uh, mm-hmm. you know, for uh, TV shows. That was the, that was what everybody watched. Yep. It was a that, fun show. That, Fantasy Island and Love Boat, you know? That's right, that's right. I think there are. If they were on the same network or on the same, you know, maybe one night after the other. Or, but, yeah, these were the big deal shows that we watched. And you didn't have a ton of, of choices is the thing. <laughs> no, no, not like today. Now there's too many choices. To right. Watch. Exactly. You, Everybody's watching something a, different in their own home. Yeah, you spend an hour looking through what shows are on. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Okay, what are we, we going to watch now? <laughs> and you watch only one thing every day for like two months. You're binge watching. <laughs> yeah, then when you're sure. done, it's kind of like yeah. you feel like you're abandoned yeah, by those characters. Like, like <laughs> now I gotta find something else. I now know. I gotta go. You gotta find something else to be to get attached to. I'm actually going to be yep. hitting that wall here shortly. I've been watching the TV show Vikings, and I'm on the final season, and I'm like, oh. oh. Damn it. Don't you hate that? Yeah. I just tapped out the end of Mad About You. It's like, no, oh, what yeah. do I do now? Exactly. <laughs> oh, my God. So Mad About You. Mm-hmm. I, we started watching that. The, and the current like the one first, or the old one? The, or the original. Okay. Um, and like three seasons in... I felt like it took a weird turn where um, Jamie... And I know this is total tangent, where Jamie like became a different person, like uh, th- through the first couple seasons, she was very strong and she had a spine, and then like as the third season started going towards the end of the season, she she turned and she wasn't as she was kind of this. I I don't know. She gave into a lot of stuff. It was really weird. I'm like. Oh, this isn't as fun as it used to be because she's not as the strong character that I remember. Hmm. So, anyway, so, side story. Oh, that's, mm. that's fine. <laughs> I, I completely don't remember the uh, the original series as much as I just remember watching the uh, the current one. So, I do love Paul Reiser too, though. Oh yeah, Paul Reiser, funny dude. He's yeah, it was a, lot, it was a great a show, mostly due to the to the chemistry between those two. Characters, so the you know, Paul, both uh, Paul Reiser and Helen Hunt. Um, I do think, and the third, the third season, it definitely um, 
changed, but I think he kind of hit its stride. I don't know if I feel that Jamie, I feel if anything, maybe Jamie got to be more um, outspoken almost. Like, like, like you couldn't disagree with her anymore. <laughs> but, you know, that's, that's more of I, a 90s topic. <laughs> I feel like it, it leaned more towards the parenting side of things versus the relationship between the two of them. Uh, yeah, they wanted I, to have. That was like their goal was to have a kid. You know that that was the big thing, and then the, you know they went through the the uh, stress of not being able to have a kid, and it just kind of got. It's in 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 my view, it kind of got sidetracked mm-hmm. with that subs that sub story of mm-hmm. having kids or not being able to have kids or whatever. Yeah, so, I think they did grow. Different. But I kind of liked that. I liked that the characters yeah. changed from the beginning to the end. Love the first. The first two seasons were outstanding, though. And this tangent was brought to you by Suzanne. No, <laughs> start talking about like binge that. shows. No, it's me. Yeah, well, I started talking about binging, but I didn't take it on the tangent. No. That's kind I of too. I, I, that would be me. <laughs> I just said I finished watching the season. Okay. Who's the king? <laughs> the king of tangents. That's Scott. Okay. All right. Where were where were we? Cheryl Ladd. Uh, yeah, cod Cheryl pieces. Ladd, yeah. Uh, no. Doesn't have um, anything to do with that. Yeah. Nothing to do with cod pieces. That's right. Uh, okay. Well, considering that you both chose Cheryl Ladd, then maybe you should talk about her longer. <laughs> Another girl. No, isn't it your turn? Um, my turn. Yeah. Because Dave picked Cheryl Ladd. Yeah. So now mm-hmm. it's your turn. Yep. Suzanne. Back to me. Do you have a okay. backup, Scott? Oh, I have plenty. Okay. All right. Cool. Okay. Then, you guys are probably going to be happy about this pick. I don't know. See, a, a lot of my uh, crushy type uh, uh, idols were like more teen beat, teeny bopper types. And like I said, I'm going to kind of get away from that just because it's, I don't know that it says interesting and they all seem to have more short-lived careers. Um, if I'm going to go for someone who I considered like a grown-up, like a grown man who was, uh, you know, more out of my league. Um, I'm going to go with Christopher Reeve, which I know you guys are big on the Superman thing. Of course, yeah. But he was rather perfect-looking. Like, I I think he was a great choice as Superman, because, number one, he looks like the guy in the comic, but he also looks like, how did something that perfect even get onto this planet? (laughs) Somebody wow. must have sent him here. <laughs> from yes, what, what, what planet? From some other better from? place. Uh, Krypton. Krypton. Yep. Krypton. Yeah, hmm. uh, absolutely. And he looked really good. He just he had the jaw, and he had the eyes, and he has great hair. And uh, you know, the only thing I didn't believe was then that when they put him in the horn room glasses and expected us to to buy him as some, you know, mild man, I'm doing the air quotes, mild-mannered guy who nobody would make a fuss over. So, it, Mild-mannered it, reporter. I yes, believe mild-mannered reporter yes. Clark Kent. Yes. Which kind of came became synonymous, Clark Kent kind of became synonymous, uh, synonymous with the guy who fades into the background that nobody would really pay attention to. Mm-hmm. Um. So, yeah, I, I, I didn't really buy him as that, you know, alter ego. But I definitely bought him as 
a guy who was like so good looking he had to be shipped in from another galaxy. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's funny. You you like you you you're mimicking my you know my comparison to like what makes a good Batman. You know, because if somebody can play a good Batman, they may not necessarily play a good Bruce Wayne. And, you know, the way you just described that was kind of the opposite. You know, if you've got, you know, somebody, you know, that's playing a good Superman, are they necessarily a good Clark Kent? Um, you know, and, I, I, you know, based on what you're saying, it sounds like, you know, Christopher Reeve was not a good Clark Kent in your mind, but he was definitely Superman. Yeah, well, I think he tried. I think as Clark Kent, he was a little bit more campy, you know, like, mm-hmm. like, not, like maybe we weren't really supposed to buy that he was Clark Kent. Uh, I would have to wonder why Lois wouldn't figure out that he was actually Superman. You, you know, like, how could she not notice? <laughs> it's all about the glasses. Well, she put the glasses on, uh, and he looks like somebody yeah, completely like, different, right? What? But yeah, you turn, put glasses on the guy and slick back his hair. And, I mean, come on. You're not going to notice that this is the... the, there's, not, the there's, there's not even a mention of, like, you know, you remind me of somebody. <laughs> right, right. You'd think. But it, you ha- I know you have to suspend your disbelief. And it was one of the first comic book movies, you know, that I recall. Uh, or, or at least one, you know, being a big hit. So you were, you kind of bought into the mythology of... Uh, of the comic book and the original black and white series where you just kind of buy it. But you know that original guy who was, what, Steve Reeves, I think? Him you bought as Clark Kent. Like, put him in a in a suit that doesn't fit him well in a pair of glasses. Okay, you, you believe it. Yeah, but, <laughs> in the hat, you know, with the little thing that says press stuck in the band. Yeah, and I don't think nice. that he was trying to be, like, kind of nerdy. And I think, you know, I think Chris Ree was trying to make his character a bit nerdy and introvert. But yeah, and he was like a little it. clumsy, if I remember, yeah. like he was tripping over himself. Right. You didn't believe that, you know, that he would be that guy. Yeah, he was just too big and bulky and strong looking, you know, and like, like just that jaw was still there. Yeah, Let's it, put it that way. <laughs> a guy like him would have too much confidence. And you don't buy that, you know, him, you know, having, you know, no confidence. So. Yes. Right. 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 Such and a great uh, movie. No, I totally agree. Totally agree. Love that movie. Yeah, it was a cool movie. I that's have my to say, favorite of all the Supermans. That's my favorite one. Yeah, the original one. I would agree. That's yeah. probably um, the one that stands up the most. Uh, mm-hmm. I guess I don't know. Did you guys love love the sequels? I, I saw the sequels, but I, I don't remember being quite as engaged in the sequels. I feel like maybe the villains were the star of the sequels. Oh, my favorite was the to... second one. You know, General Zod. I love that. Oh, yes, Zod. Yeah. I do remember you mentioning Zod. Yep. Yeah, it, you know, that was a better villain than, you know, you know as, as I've talked before, Lex Luthor, you know, why does he surround himself with Otis? You know? <laughs> Otisville. Because yeah. you need Otisville. <laughs> Miss Tossbacher or Tessbacher or whatever her name was. Tessbacher. Yeah. Tessbacher. Yep. Yes. You know, it, it's like, I don't know. I just, I, I, I don't believe, you know, Lex is as smart as he is by surrounding himself with idiots like that. Um, so to me, <laughs> that's the, the problem with the first one. Uh, but Zod, you know, obviously he had, you know, the nincompoop, you know, that was sidekick. I forgot, you know, the... Uh, the Kryptonian that was, you know, the the dumb one. 
the big doofus. Yeah, the big doofus character. But yeah. you know, and then you had the, the evil, the evil woman sidekick Ursula. that had more of a, Yeah, she was the cunning one. Yeah. She had, so she it, had was, a, with Zod yeah. and Ursula, you were like, yeah, this was a force to be reckoned with. And then you know, let's throw in the village idiot too. You know, and well, he was just the muscle. Oh yeah, definitely. It's not like they yeah. needed that muscle, but you know, I mean, you know, it was just yeah, you know, that was more of a believable enemy for Superman than what Lex brought to the table. Um, yeah, not you know, not trying to give any discredit to Gene Hackman though. Can we talk about Richard Richard Pryor? <laughs> uh, does that move? Yeah, go ahead. Three. <laughs> I remember that one. <laughs> Superman three. Yes. Richard Pryor. Was that Quest for Peace? Is that what it was called? I don't remember the name of the subtitle of the name yeah. or the sub name, but all I know is that uh, you know he was the one that that found out that you could take percentages of pennies and put them into a bank account that were left over from some transactions and he made millions of dollars. And that's what uh, Office Space, the movie, yeah. was kind of spun off of. You know, they, they used that as, as an example in the movie. Yeah, the virus. You know, Superman 3, yeah. The Superman 3, they, you know, they, they went in and... and Siphoned off off the half pennies. Yeah. yeah and then, just the point. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It's just a percentage of a penny. It doesn't really, it's not really a, it's not really a penny. It's not really stealing. It's just a percentage of a penny. Yeah. It's like, yeah. you know, the, uh, the donation cup at the store, you know, if you take those pennies, he's trying to describe that to Jennifer Aniston's character. <laughs> Good. You're taking, you're, you're, you're taking money from poor people. No, 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 no. Just, <laughs> No, no, you're not understanding what I'm trying to tell you. <laughs> All right, but going back to Christopher maybe Reed. I'm not explaining it right. Yeah. Back to Christopher. Yeah, Reed, well, um, I, I can't really say that I've seen him that much more, um, other than, than the Superman movies. But, uh, oh, Christopher. Reed? Oh, Death Trap, 1982. Was that? Now I think I maybe did see that one with Michael Caine. Was that Diane Keaton? He's a uh, I think I might have Michael Caine's a playwright, and he's trying to and he's trying to come up with his. He's like known for his murder mysteries, and he's trying to mm-hmm. come up with his next, you know, big, you know, production, you know, next success. So he goes off with his wife, who's Diane Cannon, to this cabin, and you know, all of a sudden you get a visitor from Christopher Reeve, who's this guy named Clifford. Um, who is, you know, he says he's like the assistant to Michael Caine, but in actuality, he's actually his lesbian, not lesbian, his uh, homosexual lover. So they end up, you know, spoiler, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you know, trying to, you know, they, they, they fake this, uh, this drama because Michael Caine's wife has a condition that she, um, you know, you know, she's prone to like you know a heart condition or whatever, so she has a weak constitution. So they actually have this drama that actually forces her into like a heart attack. Um, and so you know, it actually turns into quite the you know the murder mystery itself. But Christopher Reed uh-huh. is just an overpowering character in that movie. Um, and you know, yeah, not just Superman, but also in that movie as well. That you know, I can kind of see him, you know, as being the, 
the hunky dude, if you will, you know, for that for that era because mm-hmm. he, he just looked apart. He was definitely eye candy. <laughs> mm-hmm. So my okay. stepsister was completely obsessed with this movie called Somewhere in Time. Oh yeah, I've heard of that. Yeah, movie. you know, I've, I've heard people say a lot of good things about it. I, I haven't seen it, but I heard it's very romantic and and wonderful. It, so and it's and it's a really cool time travel movie too. It's, okay. a, it's a time travel thing, so it's it's got some mm-hmm. sci-fi built into it. Um, yeah, my my stepsister just absolutely could not get enough of this movie, and it was with um, oh, what was her name? Jane Seymour, I think. Jane Seymour, thank you. I want to say Sigourney Weaver, but I knew that was wrong. Uh, Jane Seymour <clears throat> and and Christopher Reeve, and it's a it's a time travel type movie or. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't even know how to explain it, but yeah, no, Christopher even def- definitely a uh, what would you put into the heartthrob or hunk category from back in the day? Yeah, definitely romantically. I love. I I absolutely love him as Superman, the the first one for sure. That that's awesome. It's a good pick. Okay. All right. I need you to prove that one. <laughs> All right. So that leads us to Scott's. Second pick. Okay, because right, because we talked about Cheryl Ladd already, right. so that wasn't really my second pick. So my next pick is going to be. <sighs> yeah, drum roll. I'm gonna go with Bo Derek. Bo Derek, good call. Mm-hmm. So she was in she was in a couple movies back in the late seventies. She had ten, and um, there's I I want to I I don't know if I think Tarzan was after nineteen eighty, so that one doesn't really count. But Bo Derek, just seventy nine, seventy eight, seventy nine, right in that era, she was um, very popular and something to admire physically. <laughs> 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 I think that's the most polite way to put it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I. Every time I think of her, I'm always. Yeah. I always think of the scene in Ten where she's running down the beach. Oh yeah. I mean that's that's an iconic moment. Right. You know, I, t- yeah. I. To me, that just is 1970s. You know, along with everything that we've talked about with Farah, of course. But you know, if you're, you're thinking yeah, something, you're you're, you know, it doesn't take long for you to get across, you know, to that image with her, you know, the golden swimsuit and you know, having the beaded hair, you know. Yeah. So. Yeah, that was really extraordinary. She probably, as far as it, you know, icon iconic seventy beauties, she she probably could have been another Farrah Fawcett. It's just that I don't think she was nearly as talented. She was not much of an actress, if I remember. Oh, she was a terrible actress. Yeah, she was just kind of there, and she looked great. But as far as that perfect, you know, they just defined her as the perfect woman physically. Uh, you know, she was there. She was right on it. Um, it's just that she, she was not nearly as versatile, you know, as far as going on to do other projects. But right. definitely, she was, she was big. She, and I don't just mean, you know, <laughs> rack-wise. I mean, she was, she was a big deal. Oh, Derek was a big deal. That was just like, 
all right, everybody, we've found the perfect woman. Here she is, running down the beach. Yeah, I, I was talking to Chrissy about this earlier tonight. She goes, I just didn't get the hair, the beaded, the beaded hair, you know. And it was just a fad she was going through. I don't think it was that. It was probably just motivated by the movie in the first place, 10. I don't see why yeah, that would have stopped her, though. I mean, I mean, there, there's people that have done that where they're just a pretty face and they don't have any acting talent. I mean, let's think of Tom Cruise. <laughs> so Tom Cruise is very charismatic. It, it, you know, he's he's been able to be like an action hero and such. I mean, you couldn't take Bo Derek and make her into Sigourney Weaver. You know, even oh, so if Tom she couldn't, she couldn't have been Ripley. No, 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 wouldn't have worked. Wouldn't have worked. She just did not have the chops for it. And it, you know, whatever you say about Tom Cruise, he had his share of, of decent performances. What, I agree with you. Yeah. <laughs> I think cool. is good. You know, I don't. I, I mean, there, there's moments when I don't like Tom Cruise, but I don't understand the hatred that you have for them, <laughs> him, Dave. <laughs> Really? I was crazy about Tom Cruise, but I wouldn't, I, I don't think he's like the, uh, you know, t- top notch, you know, kind of acting performance I mean, here and there. Like Rain Man was terrific. Born on the 4th of July. Terrific. He did a great job. Yeah, he was. Uh, he could a few good off. men. A few good men. But even in. that, yeah, it was a little eye candy, I think. Even Top um, Gun. Top Gun was, was good. I don't think it holds up quite as well. I, I watched it recently. It has kind of weird pacing. Was it, was it the story or was it Tom Cruise? That doesn't hold up? Yeah. I think it was just kind of the, the pacing of the movie to me. Okay. That didn't his, make it. And that, and that relationship is not Yeah, I never bought that relationship yeah. either. I agree with you. I didn't either. That is not that was not right. Yeah. They, they yeah. should have found his relationship else with for that. Goose was better than his relationship with Kelly McGillis. Right. And in yeah. fact that held up. Like that yeah. depiction of that friendship right. was still a real strength in the that romance movie. worked. Yeah. 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 Uh, come True. on. Now tell me tell me okay, how many people cried? When Goose died, but that how many? How really, many? Yeah, how many people cried? Chose. That was a big moment. Why do I feel like this is like a stripes moment? <laughs> Who cried when Old Yeller got shot? <laughs> <laughs> Nobody cried. We know, we're all mutants. <clears throat> we all signed up for the United States Army. All right, sorry. Go ahead, Scott. And when your friends tried to make it with the cow, <laughs> I want to party with you, cowboy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy, our tangents are great. Yeah, where were we? Bo Derek. Bo Derek. How about them bears? The bears. Um. Bo Derek. Yeah. She. So get this, Bo Derek. Real quick, I have. So I I came across a box of Playboy magazines years ago. I think I've told this story before, but two of them are actually when Bo Derek was like really popular in 1980 ish, and I have. Bo Derek and Playboy. Two ep- two different. Huh? Well, how much, two different I, I wonder how much you could hawk that for on eBay. <laughs> I don't know. You know, I've looked them up before, and I thought about getting rid of them, but they just kind of sit in a closet in the garage. And yeah, I could send. Do you want me to send you some pictures? I can take some pictures. <laughs> Are you asking me? 
I, I, Any either I, of you? I, 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 I think I can very easily Google to find those pictures, actually. That's yeah. true. I'm sure you could. But no, I'm looking at one of the covers. Actually, one of, one, of them, one of them came with a poster. Oh, really? Yeah. Hmm. It's a weird poster. It's not... Kind of yeah, the thing is, that's all she had, though, was the image. Her sexuality. You know, that's all she had to yeah, work with. That's all right. she had, really. Yeah, the one I'm looking at is the uh, the March 1980 episode uh, 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 issue. Mm-hmm. The one where yeah, it's have... like the 10 girl is what they call it. I think I have that one. And then I have the one that she was in Tarzan 8-Man or whatever it was. If I recall, that was a very, very widely panned performance. <laughs> my, my wife is actually over my shoulder because I have Bo Derek Playboy up on my screen. <laughs> and she's like, what are you looking what at? What the hell are you doing? Podcast. He says he's doing a podcast. And now I come up and he's looking at Playboy. <laughs> yeah, see? I wasn't searching the nude images. It was just the cover. Thank you for taking part, dear. Uh-huh. <laughs> hey, That's wait. Funny. Wait, where's she going? She, she left. How does she feel about Bo? She, she left. She left the room. Oh. She dropped the mic. She's out. Well, what about... No, how about her honks? Uh, Come on. You know, every time I talk to her about, you know, topics that we're, we're going through, she has so so much trouble remembering, you know, the, you know, the different things that are going on. She goes, how do you remember all that stuff? So, um, you know, it'd take her a while to, like, you know, kind of regurgitate, you know. I think if she were to, you know, bring it up on Google and look it up first, then we'd have a better, you know, way of, like, you know, getting information out of her on that. But, uh... Well, Chrissy said both, I mean, uh, Tom Tom Selleck, sorry. But when we were talking about posters earlier, you know, about, like, the posters that were on the wall, she's always had this thing for Harrison Ford, so she had Indiana Jones, where I had Farah. Okay. So she, she, that's fair. Yeah, she was into she was into uh, that's Harrison. Farah. <laughs> ah. Sorry. We're we gonna be like friends and each make a list of the celebrities that we get to oh, yeah. you know, uh, do it yeah. with, if ever, yeah. and yeah. we're forgiven. Yes, <laughs> it's the to do list. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if Harrison Ford ever came knocking on the door, I'm out. I, I know. That, that's, it. All right, I'm I'm just gonna go get some ice cream while you guys do what you need to do. So I'll be back and what do you need? Hour, hour fifteen. It was your, it was your pick. Oh, Derek was your pick. Yeah, no, I know. All right, no, I'm good. Uh, so anyway, Bo Derek. Anyway, um, all right. So then, what? That's oh wait, one last note. One last note on Bo Derek. One ma- one last note on Bo Derek and the Playboy uh, issues. Yeah. Okay. So, in the movie Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Yeah. When Spicoli steals uh, Washington's car, he takes the Trans Am, and he's got his little brother, uh, uh, Washington's little brother, in the car. Yeah. And they're driving around. They get all crazy. Well, they the, when they're when they're driving. One of them, I can't remember which one in starts the conversation, but it's, did you see the latest Playboy? The other one says, yeah, Bo Derek's tits. <laughs> and the little brother goes, I like sex. I'm like, it's just a weird little conversation. But it was the 
it was the Playboy that I actually, one of the Playboys that I actually have that they were referencing in that movie. <laughs> That's what my final. Know? Yeah, uh, it's stupid. Men are so stupid. <laughs> we're we're so driven by our loins. It's ridiculous. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's shameful. Okay. Anyway, then he's going to kill us. Then he's going to kill. What was he going to do? Is he going to shit? Or is he going to kill us? Well, first, <laughs> first he's going to shit. Then he's going to kill us. Then he's going to kill us. It's all right. Oh, My dad's fix. got a pair of uh, got awesome set of tools. He can fix it. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, all right, Bo Derek. All right, Bo okay. Derek. All right, you are welcome. My third pick. Um. It's got nothing. She's got nothing whatsoever to do with Charlie's Angels. So, okay. um, I'm going uh, uh, you know away from that. But the common thread amongst my three picks is I'm I picked blondes uh, for all three of my picks. Okay. Um. Uh. And this one, you know, this lady actually did not have. To my knowledge, any acting credits in the 1970s? Actually, I don't even know if she's got any acting credits. I could be wrong. Um, I should have looked that up. But it's more of, you know, she was a, uh, a supermodel, um, you know, at the time. Uh, and the person I'm thinking of is Margot Hemingway. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah she was Margot Hemingway. She was actually in the movie Star 80. Yeah. Okay. Which, no, no, that which was, was Mario. In, that was that, oh, Mariel Hemingway. Oh, oh, that was Mario. Margot was more of a supermodel type. Right. Okay, 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 okay. I I confused it. Sorry. Yeah, and there's just something about that look, you know. And I, know, I gotta look her up now. Yeah, in the in the 1980s, I I probably talked about where I had this thing for uh, Janet Jones who married Wayne Gretzky. She's got that same kind of look that Janet Jones had. But for a 1970s vibe, um, and, mm-hmm. and so I, you know, she just got this this the it girl look. In fact, I'd probably, you know, I, I would probably say she's actually more attractive than Farah, believe it or not. Just Margot has this thing about her, and she was in magazine covers all over the place. She's you know um, every magazine cover, supermodel thing that you could imagine. That's where she was at. So you're going to be able to. She's, she's six foot. Yeah, I know, right? Her legs go all the way up. No, just kidding. Um, wow. <laughs> and she spells her name funny. She does. Yeah, it's it's an interesting way to spell M-A- Margo. M a r g a u x. Yep. And it's only one M in Hemingway. I thought it was two, but anyway, go on. Oh, so it is. But no, I. But I think um. This, those sisters are actually related to Ernest Hemingway, so... Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Now, is... Wait, are you saying Mariel is related? I believe so, Mario? right? Mariel is her younger sister. Oh, what happened to Mariel Hemingway? Okay, that's the next... I don't know. I didn't know that they were related. I would have... I'm thinking of the sister, apparently. Interesting. Margot. I don't know, Margot. Why is the why is the carpet all wet, Todd? I don't know, Margot. <laughs> Sorry. 
younger sister Mary. No, I guess she yeah. like her. I think you know her image because it's true. She was kind yeah, of I can, like I can, everybody. I, uh, I think aspired to look like Margot Hemingway because she was all over the place. So. Yeah, I was. Uh, she was an act- actress as well. I didn't see what she was in though, and, and that's not what I'm like. Re- well, I guess she was. She's got IMDb for something called Killer Fish. Um, Killer Fish. Know, wasn't she in a movie called Shampoo, or was that Mariel also? Oh, I don't know. Shampoo with um, uh, what's his name? Oh God. One of Warren the Beatty? Warren Beatty, yeah. She was in Lipstick, Killer Fish. They call me it? Bruce. She was in They Call Me Bruce. <laughs> you nice. guys, do you know guys that know that movie? <laughs> no. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> Dave, um, what's Dave you know it, don't yeah, you? Yeah, I do. Oh, um, Jackie Chan. Jackie Chan, yes. Yeah. So, like, this is one of his early, early movies, Jackie Chan. Might have been his first movie, American movie, right? Yeah. Okay. Anyway. But yeah, I, I mean. So yeah, yeah Margot Margo Hemingway. Yeah. Now, where did you find this? How did you come up with this one? Because that would not have been like even on my radar. Well, I was. I actually pulled up a list of supermodels of the 1970s, and I was scrolling mm-hmm. through, and as soon as I came across her image, I was like, "Oh yeah, Margot." Um, you know, and that's the reason, and I stuck, stuck at that. I mean, I was toying around with the idea, like you, or, you know, we're bringing, like, together, like, a, a music person, and I started to go down the thought process of, you know, uh, Joan Jett because of her involvement in the Runaways. Um, mm. but, you know, I just decided, I, I felt like I, you know, I probably talked, uh, talked about her a little bit too much before, so that's why I stayed away from Joan. Um, but you know, yeah, as soon as I saw Margot, I was like, of course I've got to mention her because I just remember every time I saw her on any kind of magazine cover, I was attracted to her. Yeah. She was stunning. Yeah. Very beautiful. And I think like I'm looking at images and if you remember like maybe in the eighties, Kim Alexis was a cover model, looks very Mm -hmm. much like her. Like, you can tell she was going for that same look. Yeah. Maybe you guys weren't following um, supermodels in the 80s, but I was. <laughs> I, no, I was not. No, you're right. I, I'm looking at her now. Um, yeah, she does have that same same kind of vibe to it, but you know, definitely a more of an 80s take on that same look. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's not like I, was, I saw Margot in anything, you know, any movie to talk about, you know, other than, you know, like I said, magazine covers. And it's not like I was sitting there flipping through, you know, the many copies of Elle and Vogue at the time. So <laughs> I, I really don't know, you know, what content to give to her other than, you know, being spread on one of the magazine covers. Um, so, but I mean, I think that's all we have for her, though, right? Yeah, I really don't have much more. Yeah, I figured. Um, all right, so Suzanne, give us your third. Back to me, back to me. Uh, all right, you guys are going to like this one too. But when I was uh, young, 
I kind of had a thing going on for Mark Hamill. Uh, really? Yeah. <laughs> I did. Huh. He was one That's of those guys that I had. I had a, um, in my closet when I was 12. <laughs> I had posted all sorts of pictures that I pulled from magazines, uh, mostly teen magazines. Um, and Mark Hamill was one of the people I had pictures of. In that famous closet. <laughs> and uh, I, I don't know. It's not like he was like the big strong hero like Christopher Reeve. Or or the, you know, the, the cool New York guy like John Travolta. He was kind of like that cute, innocent, you know, anti-hero who goes on to be the, uh, you know, the, the, the star of the show. And I don't know, he was kind of, he seemed kind of sensitive, and I, I just, I, I liked him. I, I had, I had a, I had a Mark Hamill crush. Um, so was it, was it before or after the car accident? What's that? Was it before or after the car accident? You know, I, it's hard for me to tell. When exactly did he have that accident? Was it after the, the first Star Wars movie he had the accident? Yeah. Yes, it was between the first one and the second one, and it was um, actually right before they did. He did Corvette Summer. Do you remember him in Corvette Summer? No, I hadn't seen that, but I do remember right. that That's he a was great, supposed that was to good play. Movie. Fun movie. Mark Hamill was supposed to play the oldest brother in Eight Is Enough. Really? And he really? got into the accident, and he had, and he lost the role huh. to grant hmm. somebody. Yeah, it totally um, changed his nose and his and his upper lip. Um, yeah, I think I liked him better before in the early Luke stages, you know, um, and I, I just attributed the change in his look to him being older and now he's the mm. more experienced Jedi, um, mm. and he was still looking pretty good in that second one carrying Yoda around on his back with the, you know, in the, in the, this, the sleeveless shirt with the, with the arm yeah, showing and the muscles. Yeah, he had nice shoulders. It was just, it was cute. He was hmm. cute. I liked him. <laughs> well, that's cool. I mean, <laughs> got to respect that. That, that's, you know, any kind of Star Wars love is is good love. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, you know, you didn't have to be. I mean, Star Wars changed everything. Uh, um, oh, uh, yeah. You know, you don't have to be a guy to be to have been completely moved by that experience, and it completely changed movie-going forever. Yeah, you know, um, we had a conversation, we had, we broke down all three, uh, the first three episodes one time, and I remember Rose, her story about seeing Star Wars the first time at the theater, like, blew her mind, and she had to go and, you know, she was just blown away by the whole thing. So it's cool to hear that from uh, a woman's perspective because most of the time this kind of stuff is left for the guys to be the geeks about sci-fi and Star Wars and whatnot. But no, mm -hmm. it's refreshing to hear that that both of you guys uh, appreciate Star Wars and what it was. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Just that first moment, that first opening scene of that spaceship just floating over you. Mm -hmm. And it just seemed to go on forever. Like, I remember that practically in slow motion compared to how it actually was filmed. Because right. I've since watched it and said, 
no, no, didn't that just, like, take 15 minutes to pass over? <laughs> well, you're probably thinking of the <laughs> so, space so ball. astonishing is. Yeah, I know, because, okay. yeah, but that space balls was making fun of the fact. Yes, yes, yes that exactly. They, they so went on and on and right, on. Right, right. <laughs> but that's why, because you were just so astonished at seeing this visual. It was so realistic, and mm-hmm. it just blew anything else that anybody had ever seen on screen away. That it, it felt like it happened over, like like it took extra time for your brain to absorb it. Almost, it was right. that impactful. So, and you know, he was just a young farm farm boy hero, like almost like. A futuristic Dorothy coming off of the, the, you know, evaporator farm or whatever it was that he was on. Right, the moisture farms. Right, mm-hmm. the moisture farm. <laughs> so, you gotta love him. That's a good pick. Uh, really unexpected, too. Okay, good, good. Glad but I could shake it up a little bit. You know, I wanted yeah, to... definitely. I wanted to keep Scott Bayo out of it, let's just say. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, Hello, kudos to him. You know, the, the most important pivotal, you know, like sequence, you know, for Luke, you know, is probably when they called him, you know, asking about where Chewie was for Life Day. Um, <laughs> oh no, no, no! <laughs> and they they had him like fall full like David Bowie um, eyeliner <laughs> crap. I don't know who did up his face that day. I don't know. What were they thinking? Anybody so, who's listening, that's a reference to the to the 1970s Star Wars holiday special. Yes. So, okay, now that you brought it up. <laughs> oh, good. I opened that Pandora so, box. So, <laughs> no, no, listen. I've been watching no. the Goldberg. Okay, go ahead. Uh-huh. Have, right, have they make a lot of references Goldberg? to that special. Well, there's one episode that they, like, they, they specifically reference that thing and like somebody has a bootleg tape vhs tape of it you know they're and, as appalled as we are <laughs> yes and the, and he puts it in and he's like i don't even know where they're going with this stop like, it yes and he's like really and and i was i'm watching i'm going no you can't say that it's <laughs> it's a masterpiece <laughs> <laughs> yeah a masterpiece yeah. gone wrong Yes, it is. So I mean, it's uh, it's bad in it's bad in so many ways yeah. that it's good. That that's why I like it so much. Okay. Uh, but it was just funny that the Goldbergs, like I'm, you know, we've been watching, we've been binging it since we, when we got COVID. It just happened to be right after um, we were turned on to the Goldbergs. Somebody actually, it was Cheryl that recommended we watch it. Dave, okay, uh, you know Cheryl. Yeah, yeah. She's like, no, you really got to watch the show, and That's so a great she show. she connected us with it, and we've been binging it ever since. We got through the first four seasons, and uh, then we just started the the fifth season recently. So we've been since we've been down with COVID, stuck in the house for two plus weeks or whatever. We've done nothing but watch a lot of Goldbergs and Forensic Files. So all right, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But it's it's good stuff, and that the episode, when they started, when he pulls the t- the VHS tape out and goes, "Here's what I got," and it says Star Wars Holiday Special, I got a little, I, I felt a little glow inside of me. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> love it! And I'm like, oh my gosh, I have to tell these guys about this. <laughs> 
I got to tell Dave and Suzanne and Rose all about this episode because I don't know if you guys, I, I, you know, I don't know if you guys have ever watched it. It's, it's a I've funny seen show. The episode, yeah. No, I, so I, funny. I but, um, yeah, there was a, there was something recently where um, uh, director James Gunn he was he put out like this uh, tweet or you know it's like the front page picture of a script and it said. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special, and Mark Hamill himself <laughs> actually responded to that tweet and says, "I have a bad feeling about this." <laughs> See, I still like him. Uh, that's funny. That's really good. Yeah. <laughs> and he said Mark Hamill has done a couple of nice cameos on The Big Bang Theory. If you watch that, yeah, where they're yeah. all you know they're all geeky and obsessed, obsessed with Star Wars. Um. And I think at one point they tried to recruit Mark Hamill to um, officiate Sheldon and Amy's wedding. So that was a lot of fun. <laughs> that was a lot of fun. He's a good sport about this whole thing after all this yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. Yes, he is. He's he's definitely uh, done that. Um, well, I mean, even like the, the guys that they get out about Star Trek, you know, I mean, they're all tongue-in-cheek having fun with, you know, the, the – Uber obsessed fans that they have, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's just funny. It's just really funny the way they put it together. Uh, and Mark Hamill, yeah. once again, you know, uh, yep, he he's great with the fans, you know. So I yeah, you know, he's a good pick. Um, but the movie that I'm thinking yeah. of when I think, you know, besides of course him as Luke Skywalker, iconic, is um, when he was actually starred with my uh, my would be girlfriend Christy McNichol in a movie called The Night the Lights Went Out in Georgia. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, did not see it. Yep, did not see it. Yep. So it's much a very different role than what you would expect, you know, from you know him as Luke Skywalker. He's basically a um, uh, like a deputy uh, in a town, you know, a small little town, and then he. Kind of takes Chris McNichol under his wing, you know, as she's kind of having to do some time in that town because her her brother Dennis Quaid is, you know, has issues and he's kind of stuck in there because of the law or whatever. So it's an interesting movie. I liked it. Hmm. Yeah, that is interesting. Um, he's the very uh, Mark Hamill's very enduring. Uh, not too long ago, my son uh, had uh, a girl that he was friends with. Um, over the house, and they were watching Star Wars. And as I walked, um, you know, through the through the house, they stopped me. I said, "Mom, how old is is Mark Hamill?" And I'm thinking to myself, I'm saying, oh, "Well, he's he's older than me. I know that because I was 12, and he was in the movie when he was 18." And right. the the girl, uh, his his buddy Sarissa, says to me like kind of sheepishly, she says, "When I was little, I had a crush on him." And I said, "When I was little, I had a crush on him too. That's how old he is." but in any case so you know he's just uh, kind of inspired generations of young girls to fall in love with Luke Skywalker alright so that gets us to Scott's final pick yeah you know so I had had a few uh, picks in line but I'm going to go back to Charlie's Angels and go with Jacqueline Smith Oh, nice! There you uh, go, Kelly. Well, yeah. <laughs> so I've always, I, I've always leaned towards brunettes over blondes, just in my life. You know, I've always kind of find the brunettes 
something about them. I, I don't know what it is, but I, I lean towards the brunettes over the blondes. Go brunettes. <laughs> well, I do. I do love redheads as well, but but the brunettes. Something about I don't know the dark hair and the 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 darker look, uh, the olive skin. Something about it is just really always caught my attention. And Jacqueline Smith was really just amazingly beautiful in in the uh, Charlie's Angels episodes. Um, she did a few things afterwards, but that's what most of us really remember her as from, you know. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, Jacqueline Smith. That's my that's my final pick. Yeah, actually I found... Love Jacqueline Smith. Just found a fantastic image of her um, where she's kind of sitting cross-legged, got jeans on, she's got what looks like is a um, uh, probably a sangria, I would guess, and a wine glass and a mm. white t-shirt on. It just says, say yes. Wow. Who wouldn't? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, right. (laughs) No, 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 no. I got to go. I have things. (laughs) I got the thing. I got to wash my hair. You understand. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Yeah, she had great hair, too. I mean, Farrah had iconic hair, but Jacqueline Smith just was gorgeous. (laughs) Beautiful, that beautiful, dark, you know, chocolatey hair uh, she just mm. she had that one scene in the beginning uh, in the in the titles where she pulled off the motorcycle helmet and flipped her hair back i was just like yeah that's what i want to do <laughs> that's what i want to do i want to be kelly garrett and flip my hair yeah. <laughs> oh my god so i pulled up i wanted to look at charlie's angels and I pulled it up, and the first images that popped up were the the newer episodes of the movies, with you know um, the reboots. Yeah, come on, no, you got the first thing that come up should be the original. That's just wrong. Kelly, Kelly Garrett. Kelly's yeah, cool. Like, I wish I could remember her, like, I haven't watched Charlie's Angels in, gosh, I don't know, 40 years. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Since it was on TV, I, I don't think I've ever watched reruns on any streaming or cable or anything like that. But I would like to, just to kind of refresh my memory of what, what, was, what the show was like, you know. Um, now and then I see them, there's a network that's called MeTV that Me? I, I get I, over here, M-E, yep. yeah, which I think yep. stands for, like, memory something, and they yeah. run Charlie's Angels. Now and yeah. then I will watch it, yeah, now and then I will watch it. Um, it's kind of dopey, <laughs> but the girls look great. <laughs> yeah. Well, come on, let's be honest, what was it really about? Was it really about fighting crime? It was about fighting no. crime and looking real good and bouncing around in a nice it was just really. It was mostly about looking at the ladies. I guess, but it was looking at ladies who at least were fighting for themselves, you know, were fighting okay. crime. Independent. No, that's true. Running around with guns, you know, at times. And, you know, doing cool things. Um, I actually liked it. You know, they were trying to be kind of badass girls. You know, they weren't 
and supposedly, I remember reading an article in TV Guide that said that part of the objective of this show was to always have them in jeopardy. So maybe they were, in a way, they were still damsels in distress, but they were at least fighting back. Mm. So I was digging it at the time. I don't know how they ran in those heels, but... Oh, yeah. Or, uh, you know, chase somebody down and who's driving a Camaro and she's on a skateboard and she's... <laughs> so, have you looked at any recent photos of Jacqueline Smith? More like in the last 15 years? Yeah, Jacqueline she, Smith looks great now. for years and years and years. Well, I think, you know, after a while people get older and you can't hold on to that hair color anymore. It's easy to go a lighter color, you know, because yeah. you're gray. But... You know, I know. I, I, I've lost all my hair, so I don't really know about that anymore. <laughs> about going. Well, gray. I guess that's the male alternative. Women yeah. go blonde. <laughs> yeah, men go bald, women go blonde. That's good. What the heck? It works. Now she seriously it, looked really gorgeous for a really, really long time, like an unearthly amount of years. She still looked great. Yeah, she's a beautiful woman. So, anyway, I like the dark hair look on her better than the blonde. But uh, the, I, like I was saying before, I like the brunettes. So, Yeah, I like it when the dark hair girls break out, you know? Like Cindy Crawford really made it cool to be a dark haired girl mm-hmm. in the 80s. Instead of just everybody always looking at the blonde. I was trying to understand a little bit more background uh, for... Uh, her character, actually, Kelly Garrett. You know, and I, I, I was trying to, I guess, piece it in my mind, like, you know, if you would, you know, which one of them was kind of like the uh, the brains of the group or the uh, um, the leader, you know, that kind of thing. Um, I think she was supposed to be more the, more the sophisticated one who talked her way out of things. Okay. Sabrina, I think, was supposed to be more the more the brainy one, and Jill was the athletic one. Okay. Yeah, because it said, um, uh, like many of her fellow angels, Kelly had police training and as such was proficient in armed and unarmed combat. Although rare during her time with the angels, she was no stranger to using deadly force, shooting two men to death during a confrontation in Arizona. Uh, In 1979, Kelly was awarded an honorary degree from Blackmore College in recognition for a contribution to the solving of a murder that had happened on the campus. Go, Kelly. Yeah. <laughs> Very cool. Yep. Cool pick. If I were a guy, I'd pick her <laughs> for this. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Yeah. All right. So are we, do we have honorable mentions? Do you guys have any that you want to bring up? Oh, I'd, I would throw out Linda Carter. <laughs> All right. Even though I'm only supposed to do boys. Oh. She was pretty freaking amazing looking. <laughs> I, I yeah. Are you speechless? She's no. She's she's very she's very attractive, but I just. Uh, well, I, I guess if I were to, you know, since we're crossing the. Uh, uh, you know, the side of the fence here, you know, if, if you want to talk about, you know, somebody that was, you know, just a, uh, a, a force to be reckoned with, 
you know, from like a, a male standpoint, you know, I'd probably have to go like with like a Clint Eastwood. Hmm. At the time, yeah. Yeah. So the the person I was thinking of was Barbara Eden. Uh-huh. Now she was that was more like sixties though I think I Dream of Jeannie came out in the sixties or seven early seventies maybe. Yeah. But Barbara Eden. Yeah, that's really going that's going back ways, but. Over um. Definitely a sexy woman. sexy girl, you know that costume for the time period. I don't I don't know how they got away with it. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot there's a lot of skin showing on that. I was her for Halloween too. I was oh, in second you? grade. In second grade, yeah. <laughs> in second grade. I was Jeannie, yeah. Nice. It was fun. I was a big fan. <laughs> I loved that show. That was a good show. Hi, Oscar. Now that I tried to watch recently and thought, forget it, it would get like so panned for the sexism that's going on. She's just like, <laughs> calling him master all day. Master? Like, ooh, yes, ooh, master. Okay, I can't, I don't know. I can't watch it anymore. <laughs> but she's a genie. She's just not, she's not just a woman. She's a I genie. know, but still, like she's, she's just been... running around in this little crop top calling some guy master. It's just a little weird. <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying it wouldn't fly in today's... No, like it's cringy now. <laughs> uh, uh. Yeah. That's too bad that everybody got so uptight about all this stuff. I guess I try not to be too too judgmental in ret- retrospect, but sometimes it's just it's just cringy. Yeah. I get it. <laughs> it makes sense. It was funny at the time. Yeah. Everything is nowadays though, you know, you gotta be careful yeah, with every little, every little thing. That's true. So anyway. So I think that, that about wraps it up, right? Or did we have any more honorable mentions? Uh, I don't. Okay I was thinking uh, another guy, p- uh, potential guy uh, for the list, Robert Redford. Uh, he was very yeah. big. Too. Yeah, he was. But I don't know. The, the the older guys never did that much for me, I guess. I, I, okay. You know, I'm like a lot of people talk about Tom Selleck also, although maybe he's a little bit more a- 80s. I don't know. Didn't really do it for me. I kind of like the, the younger looking, more innocent looking guys. Mm. Yeah, because when was Butch Cassidy and Sundance Kid? I forget what. Oh, and Paul, Paul Newman? Yeah. Paul Newman, uh, Robert Redford, right? Yeah. Uh, that was 69. Okay, so that was right before the, uh, you know, the 70s. Um, alright, uh, so yeah, if, uh, that's all we got, then, uh, you know that we're going to go ahead and wrap it up. And uh, for our listeners out there, if uh, you've enjoyed listening to us twice as much as we've enjoyed talking, then we probably did something illegal together. I don't know. <laughs> um, so anyway, um, you know, thanks for taking part and listening to us. Uh, we have a website out there. It's bonsairetroclub.com. Uh, on that, you can get to us. You can check out all our uh, linkage to all the stuff that we do. Uh, I think we all maintain separate uh, Twitter accounts. Uh, so uh, Scott's over at 80s Autoverse. Suzanne is at Suzanne Mataboni. And uh, Rose is uh, 80s Music Girl. 
So if you guys want to check us out there and uh, follow along with, uh, you know, uh, interact with us on Twitter or Facebook or wherever you can find us, you can get to all those links on the Bonsai Retro Club uh, Team Bonsai link page. So uh, please check us out there. You want to drop us a uh, an email? I know that's a little bit old school, but you know that's what we do here. Uh, that's McFly at Bonsai Retro Club dot com. Uh, so you want to shoot us an email, we'll uh, we'll definitely uh, give it a read and uh, hopefully uh, take your suggestions as far as uh, you know anybody that we may have included from our 70s uh, babes and hunk list and um, you know uh, give it some consideration. With all that being said, we just want to remind you all to be excellent to each other and uh, we'll have no idea when you're going to listen to this, so have a good whatever. Bye-bye. Later. Bye. This has been a Bonsai Retro Club production. Bonsai, Daniel Hey, Bonsai! 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 Bonsai!